This is Kenny in Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. And it is Kenny in Heilprin. I'm Ben Kenny. He is Zach Heilprin. I've spoken a lot today, but we're back. Haven't seen your face for a couple hours. We're back at it again. 10 to 2 tomorrow for the Bill Michaels show. If you want more, it never ends around here. Football is near. It's tremendous. There's preseason on tonight. I was sitting in my apartment last night, Zach, and I there was nothing to watch. It was late. I was tired. I was prepping all the shows for today. And I said, you know, you know what I should do? I'm going to go to YouTube, and I'm going to start searching for the best SEC on CBS intro packages out mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And I came across some great ones. We're talking 08 LSU-Bama when they did the Bayou thing. 2019 LSU-Bama was terrific. So that's how I had fun. I am I am giddy at the thought of college football. How are you? So close. So close. Three. Well, I shouldn't say three weeks. Three weeks until the Badgers play. Three weeks from Saturday until the Badgers play. Two weeks from Saturday <laughs> until Brett Bielema and company are on the field against Northwestern. Oh, excuse me, against Nebraska. I can't and wait. I'm saying Northwestern against Nebraska. I'm an idiot. What? I No, I just can't wait for that game. North, It's Nebraska-Northwestern, correct? Yeah. All right, Zach. No, I, Illinois. No, Illinois was Brett Bielema beat Scott Frost in that game last yes, year. Yes. So it's right. the honorary Nebraska completely folds before the season starts game of the year. And again, I think we kind of joked about this before, but they lose? Uh. Well, we, t- we actually we talked about on the show today, his buyout drops to $7.5 million, Scott Frost does, October 1st. I've never seen a buyout drop in the middle of a season. <laughs> but that's exactly what Scott Frost does. And if it's, if they have a really easy schedule, you would say, outside of Oklahoma in the first month. Yep. If that's the only, I mean, how many games, if they're not 4-1 and one at the end of October or at the beginning of October after they play Indiana that day, you could be gone. But I know you're a big believe in Nebraska guy. So you fully expect him to be the coach when Wisconsin faces him in November. Right. I, I yes, okay. I do. I do. Because uh, they're going to win the West, right? No, I like them because, for lack of a better term, they make me feel things. Whether it's <laughs> whether I'm laughing, whether I'm screaming, whether I just am dumbfounded by the stupidity, they are interesting every time they take the field in the last year. Are they the m- most interesting team in the Big Ten West? In the West, no doubt, one hundred percent. Okay. Because the difference between their floor and ceiling is greater than any other team in the division. Meaning You mean the different I mean the, the little difference between it. There's there's a very small margin though. Like one way or the other, it could go like horribly wrong or horribly well. But record wise, the number difference between them going four and eight or three and nine again, which is realistic. They did it last year. They showed us it's possible with a senior quarterback with a better quarterback that they had last year than they bring in Casey Thompson. Uh, Or in theory, the ceiling could be contending in the West and going what eight and four, nine and three. So that's, that's just where my brain is wandering on this fine Thursday in August uh, approaching the college football season. So uh, first of all, real quick, did you get an answer on what kind of phone Paul Christ has? Not yet. Okay. Uh, maybe we'll try to track that down tomorrow. Real quick before we get to training camp storylines and what Zach has seen within the building, a piece from ESPN's Adam Rittenberg talked about breakout second-year stars, Braylon Allen obviously being one of them. In the article, Allen talked about how he wanted to wear zero. He texted Paul Christ about it. He wanted to be the first and last to wear it. 
And Chris liked his message. Allegedly. Allegedly. As it says in the article, I cannot confirm nor deny because if he doesn't have an iPhone, we don't know what the capabilities are on those devices. Anyway, <laughs> Wisconsin training camp, Zach. Uh, I would ask for your big training camp takeaway off the bat, but there also are some bigger uh, storylines that are circling around. Number one, we have not spoken about this because last week uh, I did solo. Ches Malusi is back. He is back. He is like, ugh. are you going to, is this where you want to toot your horn a little bit? Cause we did have a little bit of a bet and I'm well, there's the difference between me and you. <laughs> I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong. You think I, I'm not. I don't. We did a whole show on it and you re- and refuted every single thing <laughs> that I brought up and tried to explain it away. Almost every, I am almost every, I'm going to take it and sit, sit here and say, I was wrong. I did not think Chesma Lucy was going to be back. He was saying, I'm going to be back, Sept- I'm going to be back September 3rd. It's August 11th. That dude's already a full participant practice. Crazy. Uh, you were talking about how they could potentially be one of the better backfields, one, two punches in the country. And I was like, at the beginning of the season, I think is what your tweet was. And I'm like, beginning of the season? There's no way he's going to be in the beginning of the season. He very, I, again, there's some time left here. And I've only seen one practice with him in it. But it feels like it's trending towards him being available. They also, they don't need him in the beginning of the season. It's not Penn State they're facing off against. So, yeah, he'll probably get out there and get carries, but it's not like there's the the ramp-up period, what I'm saying, is slower here, where you look at the real big test to start the year. That's week four against Ohio State. Last year was different. So maybe that bodes well for, he could be back, but maybe not full workload. Yeah. But they don't need it, so that's okay. But he looks he looked really, really smooth. I thought there might be a little bit of hitch in his step and there wasn't whatsoever. Um, he felt good about it. He got on the field in some contact on last Saturday. And then again on Tuesday. And he said it was a little bit of mental thing to get over. He did it. And now he's ready to go. Um, and it wasn't just him too, right? It was Isaac Garendo, another guy who missed most of last year doing an injury. And that dude's just so tantalizing with his ability, athletic ability to get up and go. He's he just, is to he's you so quick. What Nebraska is to me. No, he is to me. Deacon Hill is to you what Nebraska is to me. <laughs> yes, but he is very, but his, there are a couple of like physical traits across the Wisconsin football team that are like to me what Nebraska is to you. Okay. There are, and Deacon Hill's up there and so is Isaac Garano's athletic ability. His get up and go like his took a handoff and burst right through the middle of the, the, the an inside run. And it was like, oof, that's. Now I remember why Isaac Rendo, everyone was excited about him. It was why John settled back in the Rose Bowl in 2019. was like, this dude has Jonathan Taylor-type athletic ability. He's faster than JT. We've talked about that. JT is trying to catch him, right? It was like JT ran 22 miles something an hour last year in a game. And he's like, oh, man, I, gotta, that's, I still haven't hit Isaac. Isaac hit 23. So that's the type of athletic ability he has. And those two guys back, oof, very, very um, – encouraging i think if you're wisconsin so great news there i there were no no horn tooting today the big point i made back in february i have the tweet in front of me i said there will not be enough talk this offseason about chesma lucy's return to the backfield and how much it means i think it is safe to say as everybody that talked about college football throughout the summer chesma lucy was not mentioned as often as he should have when we talk about where this wisconsin team stands that was my point I think that point was right. But in terms of him coming back earlier or later, that's not like I was right about that prediction. It's about when he comes back. So I'm not going to take that as a win. Uh, so that's the good news. You might want to. 
Uh, okay, I might take it as a win. <laughs> we'll see when a loss happens, and maybe I'll uh, revert back to this and, and yeah, change the probably verdict. A good idea. Uh, Skylar Bell, there, there's, there's a lot of good here, and it is bringing me. It's August 11th. I'm kind of talking myself into the offense being good, like given what Graham Mertz can do, but just in general, like around him, I'm talking myself into the weapons on the outside, the offensive line being terrific, the running backs being lethal, and then hopefully Mertz brings it all together and he's the glue. I love but August. I Skylar love, Bells look terrific. I, I love August. <laughs> this is this is the best part about August is you can talk yourself into almost anything in August. A team that almost has, almost Iowa's quarterback play. Not, no, 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 no. But you can talk yourself almost into anything in August. And right now, feeling extremely confident about an offense that has really, really struggled the last two years. And there's no doubt going to be some different playmakers. And there's going to be some new faces on the offensive line. And, and you're hoping like some growth there. And yet you're still talking yourself into this with some inconsistency at quarterback. Right. You're feeling good about it. Like you think all these great things, all these great guys around him. And you're like, all right, well, it still comes down to Graham yep. and him being able to make some some throws. And it, there's no doubt, though, that having playmake, better playmakers around him, and I'm not saying that Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor weren't great playmakers and that Jake Ferguson wasn't a very, very good tight end for him. But having, you know, some guy, some different guys to, potent, to potentially bring it out of him a little bit more, it, it needs to happen, and I think it has a chance to happen. I'm trying to think back to last season because I definitely talked myself into Mertz because I thought from 2020 to 21, 100% with everything that went on and, you know, the systems around him could be better. I talked myself into Mertz. However, entering last year, it was hard to talk yourself into the running game completely yes. because Malusi was unknown and we thought Jalen Berger could take a step forward, but it's still like this year you are utter, you were completely confident about the running game. Uh, I kind of talked myself into the offensive line last year a bit, but in general, I find myself, I feel more optimistic about the offense today than I was a year ago today. This time last year, everyone was talking about getting, because you remember 2020, right? Danny Davis missed most of the, uh, every game after the mission game. Kendrick Pryor missed two and a half, three games after his injury. It was getting those guys back. It was, look, you, Look what happened against Illinois when he had his, his entire, all his weapons. He had Jake Ferguson, he had Danny Davis, he had Kendrick Pryor. Look what happened. Threw five touchdowns, completion record, tied the completion record for Wisconsin. Grant Merch just needs his guys back. That defense was so bad. Yes, they were. That's, but look, that was August, man. Yeah. But the, the difference between it is, and again, uh, for those who don't know, we're not getting to see as much practice this year as we did last year. Last year, coming out of practice, you knew the passing game was going to be in trouble. They did not show barely anything in fall camp of having any type of success whatsoever. It was a really, really rough fall camp last year for them. I don't know what fall camp looks like because people always say the right thing when they're talking to the media for the most part. Uh, we'll get it. We'll get a few more practices here and then maybe we'll have a little bit better idea if, if the big plays aren't coming. If there's, if there's none of that, then you're like, well then, then you might be concerned again. But right now, Talk yourself into it all you want. So is your big fall camp takeaway today that you haven't been able to watch enough fall camp? I mean, I, I haven't. <laughs> I definitely have not been able to watch enough fall camp. Um, and that is that's different than in the past. Like they, we didn't get to watch any fall camp in 2020, obviously, because COVID and all that good stuff. So we didn't 
we didn't really know anything other than the clips that they sent out. We've gotten to see one practice and 30 minutes of practice to this point. And multiple clips. And, and clips sent out, right? And you, so you get the Skylar Bell clip with the one-handed catch in the end zone, and then you get three clips of wide receivers, uh, excuse me, uh, defensive backs playing really good defense uh, right on top wide receivers that with passes that may or may not have should have been caught um, by the wide, <laughs> wide receivers. Debatable. There's plays, a ton of plays being made by the defense. I know that for sure, um, just based on what I heard from practice the other day. I think that there are some plays being made by the offense as well, but yes, that's my big takeaway. Yeah, I haven't gotten enough to see to have a big takeaway. No, I'm I'm kidding. I I still remain so high in this defense. That'd be that's that'd be my takeaway. All right, all the guys, all the guys that they have returning, you know, Nick Herbig and Keanu Benton and Isaiah Mullins, those are guys returning, right? You would think that's a huge problem, and I don't think it's going to be. Huge, huge fan of Jordan Turner. That dude is a, intense. And just wants to hit people. Um, he's not going to be Leo Chanel, but he brings that same type of attitude towards it. And then I don't know who the next guy is going to be, whether it's Jake Cheney or Moomin Jong Meta or Tate Grass. But that inside linebacker group, I like it. And the outside linebacker group, a uh, bit of a crush on him as well, uh, just based on their athletic ability. Daryl Peterson, I, I tweeted this out after practice the other day. While everyone else is walking off the field, he's. He's the last one out there. He's running half-gassers by himself. I asked him why he did it. He said he wants to be the best that's ever played here. He wants to be the best that's ever played. And he's like, I see these these names in our outside linebacker group. It's Joe Schobert. It's TJ Watt. It's Vince Beagle. It's all these guys that have... Nick gone, Herbig. Nick Herbig that have all gone on to like be great. And he's like, I want to be them. And how do you do it? You work harder than you work harder than all of them. And that's saying something when Nick Herbig is one of the harder workers that I've seen at Wisconsin. So there are so many exciting things about this defense. I haven't even mentioned the rest of the defensive line or the or the secondary. Just that linebacker group. Um, so much to be excited about. Man, if if that all doesn't fire you up for football, I don't know what does. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm being serious, an idiot man. over here talking myself into the offense being at least good enough to bring the team places. Meanwhile, you're you're telling passionate stories about a guy in Daryl Peterson. Sounds like starting caliber week one, if I do say so. So I asked him, I'm like, so what do you have to do to be the starter? Because it's you and CJ Getz. So in spring ball, they were moving him back between the field and boundary spot, right? They, they weren't really sure trying to give him a lot of different areas. He's locked in at one spot now. It's him and CJ Getz battling for that starting spot. I would not put it past Daryl Peterson to going up and grabbing it. I think right now CJ gets still maybe a little bit better of a run blockers or a run stopper. So maybe he gets the call early on and maybe he'll just be a, the token. I don't want to call him a token starter. That's, that's unfair to him, but like maybe for like the first play of the season, he can be the starter and then Daryl Peterson <laughs> can come in and, and start every other game the rest of the way. But yeah, I think, I think Daryl Peterson's going to be uh, one of the breakout stars for them this year, along with Jordan Turner and then and the other guy I think is going to be a, a breakout is Hunter Wolder, too. Um, all f- the young players on this defense that you're going to be talking about for the next two years, probably, those three, oof, you have to be excited about it. You have to be. I have a question for yeah. you. On the first play of the season, if Wisconsin kicks off to Illinois State mm-hmm. and outtrots the defense, yeah. and you see Daryl Peterson there yeah. instead of Getz, which means he's a starter. Yep. Meanwhile, the offense then comes out and Logan Brown starts, but then Riley Mallman comes in afterwards. Yep. Will you cheer negatively in the press box? Cheer? I would never cheer in the press box. <laughs> uh, I know Big Jake Benny might might do Be that. Be writer Ben. No, no, Big J Benny. Um, he, you might do it because it would uh, validate 
your picks for uh, uh, breakout players. Uh, but I kind of would prefer the opposite to happen there. I'll be yeah. honest with you. I got you. Uh, I want to talk about Malman and the offensive Who? line. Malman okay. and the offensive line. When we come back, it's Kenny and Heilprin. A lot more to come. We'll talk about the other storylines coming out of, of training camp. I have a thought on the whole Skylar Bell thing that I've shared. I'm going to share it again <clears throat> in terms of the potential breakout. And then we're talking about the Big Ten West. I mentioned this uh, a little bit earlier, around 5 o'clock on the Wisco Sports Show. The biggest names in the division. Which names will go the furthest towards dictating who wins, who loses the West? That's all coming up next. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back. It is Kenny and Heilprin hanging out uh, with you. We're back 10 to 2 tomorrow in for Mr. Bill Michaels. So this talk will continue. When is the next uh, practice open to your great eyes? Saturday morning. Okay. So, and then next week we will get those updates. Yes. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Well, I believe, uh, and then I think there's another open practice and then there's an open practice to the public on the 21st. Okay, uh, so Zach, I have a couple questions for you. Number one, word association game. You ready? Yeah. Uh, when I tell you that Wisconsin is plus one ninety and the favorite to win the Big Ten West, your thought? Why? Really? Oh, wait. The favorite compared to the other teams, not either or. They're plus one ninety. And I say why? That's I mean that's word association. Yeah. Why? Uh, <laughs> number two, Nebraska plus three forty. Who? <laughs> Unnecessary. Iowa plus three eighty. Ha ha. <laughs> you can elaborate with more than oh, one word. Said word association. Words. Yeah, but yeah. word association could include multiple words. It's not just one. Uh, Minnesota plus four twenty five. PJ Fleck in fourth. PJ Fleck. <laughs> and Purdue plus five fifty. Uh, AOC versus Jim Leonard. So I, I spoke about this earlier. Uh, Minnesota being the fourth shortest odds to win the division kind of surprises me. That's been a constant theme. I'm not going to pick them to win, but them being like ninth shortest odds to win the Big Ten, fourth in the division, it's pretty surprising to me. I know Nebraska gets the Nebraska price, and they always do, but what? I, Iowa, really? What if Purdue wins it? I, you know Especially what? Just based, on their, just based on their schedule. I need a sound button of like a, a Kenny guarantee. I, I will sit here today and guarantee that Purdue does not win the West. But do you see why some people would take them? Just based on the schedule, yes. Well, based on schedule and having the best quarterback in the division. Yes. So, like, I can I can kind of see it. I'm not going to go out there and say that's what's going to happen, but when you don't play, um, you don't play Michigan, you don't play Ohio State, you don't play Michigan State, your crossover games, you know, you're, you open with Penn State, so you have a shot at home. If they win that at game. At home in a night game. And your other crossover games. They're not going to win that game. It's a night game at home. And their other crossover games are. Indiana, Maryland. Indiana and Maryland. Yes. And they get. I mean, their hardest road game is at Wisconsin. I would say no chance uh, to them still winning. Even though they have the quarterback in the schedule. Because last year felt like their ceiling. They get a couple remarkable wins against top teams where they, you know, got up. And Michigan State and Iowa weren't the best 
teams we've ever seen, but they were undefeated at the time. But that felt like they, they always go up. They're the, what, the spoiler makers. It felt like they got two of those moments, and then the rest I it kind of was their ceiling in a way. They can't run the ball. Their defense was really good in certain situations, like red zone last year. There's no way that continues to the same level. They move forward without George Karloftis. Like, they're a good team, but I would sit here and guarantee that they're not going to win the West. Like, this is the equivalent of Wisconsin in 2017, where they didn't play anybody. They got and they got Michigan at home. Like that was their that was their toughest crossover game, and they went twelve and zero. I'm not saying that's what Purdue's going to do, but this is the type of schedule that you have to take advantage of if you're Jeff Brown. Yes, and I think there's just because you have the best quarterback in the division, there's a possibility of doing it. I'm not saying they're going to come into Wisconsin and beat the Badgers because I still will take Jim Leonard over uh, Purdue almost always, almost always outside of 2018 when uh, that was just a back and forth. Um, like it's just track meet, but for the most part, because I don't think they have an elite outside of Charlie Jones, of course. I don't think they have an elite, <laughs> an elite, an elite wide receiver right now that you know that David Bell was and that Rondale gonna, Moore and that Rondale Moore was going to have a big year. But I, I can see it. I can see where some people would be coming from there. They get Tyrone Tracy too. Yeah, I could see where people come from. I can see where Matt yeah. McGloin was coming from. That that upset you so much. <laughs> I'm not a buyer, but you were so upset. It is what it is. I just think it's crap. I I, I think it's kind of lazy. Um, you think it's lazy to have the best quarterback in the division and have the weakest schedule. But in the there's division? so much more at play here than just them having a quarterback who had a good second half last year. So much more at play. Think about how we felt going into last year, right? Like we didn't. He he wasn't even the starter for the whole season, and, and then yet, he comes in. He played well. I'll give that to him. But thinking that it's going to carry over and they're going to be a magic team, I I disagree with it. I'm just saying I can see where people are coming from. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying I can see it. I got you. You, you can't see it. I got you. Going uh, back quick into the Wisconsin building. My first thought. So uh, Wisconsin football tweeted out earlier this week a video, uh, a great highlight video of Skylar Bell making a great one-handed catch from Graham Mertz. Some immediately said it was a bad pass. Uh, to those who said that, shut up. Uh, it was take the pass aside. It, it was probably a good ball. Whatever. He caught it. It, it had to be. It had to be where it was. Yeah, it was a circus catch. Justin Clark was right on his back. I saw a lot of people uh, that don't follow the Wisconsin program on a day-to-day basis say, oh, goodness, look, Wisconsin could have a playmaker at wide receiver finally. Well, what could their passing game be like if if they could actually get down the field and have a playmaker at wide receiver? Thought number one is... They had one three years ago, Quintez Cephas. So does that include, does finally when it's been three years? I don't know. Second, they already have a playmaker. So everyone is going crazy about the Skylar Bell highlight video and, and the breakout uh, guys from 27 sports talking about him. It's like if Skylar Bell breaks out, that is a breakout playmaker on both sides of the field in theory. Cause Jim Ray DK is already on this team. Hmm? That was my first thought when all that stuff dropped. Okay. I had to get that out. Yeah. Uh, lastly, going forward the right tackle position so uh we had mentioned the rest of the training camp storylines last segment but in terms of right tackle we obviously had the the draft of uh potential breakout players earlier i took riley mallman uh whether he starts or not let's put that aside for a second whether it's a repick or whatever uh your immediate thoughts sitting here today number one who starts week one but number two I, who is the best option and who will carry that forward? I love that uh, every tweet that I've sent 
about this whole thing, like whether it's Daryl Peterson or whether it's um, Ride the Moment, you've decided to bring back up that show, like you and like quote tweeted what show? The show where we picked the breakout stars. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I think Logan Brown and I talked to Daryl Peterson about both guys and asked him, and he, you know he said both are really tough to deal with, but he thinks Logan Brown's made a big step from from the spring, made a big step from the spring, and. I can't I can't sit here and say I agree with that because I haven't seen enough of it. But I mean, if he's having if he's a little bit more tougher to deal with now than he was in the spring, that's a huge step for him because he was not uh, appeared overly tough to <laughs> tough to deal with in the spring. And so that said, I still think Riley Malman's the future of the, of the offense line at right tackle. Uh, I think he's going to be the guy, whether it's the opener or whether it's at some point this year. I think he's he uh, has the higher upside. And I know that's saying a lot considering Logan Brown was a five-star recruit and all that stuff, but I think he's got the ability to be a standout, uh, all big 10 type of guy at right tackle. Maybe not right away, but he, I think he's going to be the guy. That's what I see. And he gobbles up people. He is a huge human being. Uh, he gobbles them up. And I, that was constant under Bob Bostad. That's what it was. They wanted to get back to covering guys up and blowing them off the ball and going back to that, what, what they were uh, under Bob Bostad 10 years ago. And Riley Mallman fits that bill very, very well. So what's interesting to me, and we had mentioned Cormac Sampson uh, retiring from college football a little earlier. What's interesting is last year, sometimes when the pass game, really they didn't use it. They just, I think about Purdue first and the amount of places they threw Cormac Sampson on the end of the line, sometimes maybe to cover uh, a struggling side or a struggling tackle, if you will. So Cormac Sampson's not there. I, I assume they'll do it with, I, I I don't know who they do it with, honestly. Well, I think it'd be fair. They were really beat up at the tight end spot last year. That as well. If, yes. Hayden, if Hayden Rucci was available, I don't know if you see Cormac Sampson out there. Well, sometimes they even went five offensive linemen, Cormac Sampson, tight end, tight end. Right, right. But like a, an actual blocking tight end. Like right. they, didn't, they didn't have that towards the end of last year after they lost Cam Large. They lost Hayden Rucci, uh, Cole Dokovich in the uh, preseason. Like they didn't have anybody to put out there that could be a consistent blocking tight end outside of Jake Ferguson. Right. And he's not really necessary. He could do it all, but he wasn't necessarily that guy. Wasn't he called an inline blocking tight end by he was some he NFL was. scouting service? Yes. Well, and again, Jake was a solid blocker, but just the, just the idea that he was only an inline blocking tight end when he caught more passes the last two years than anybody else on the team, the last three years. Yeah. No, no. Last two years. Eh, not great. Not great uh, study there. Yeah. I say the Samson thing to say, uh, in general, right tackle. Like, let's say Mallman is the better option today, but still is young and still has a little room to grow. That could be somewhere where we see whether it is the blocking tight ends or when they start to go jumbo. That's the side. I mean, it, it, it's different depending on where you are in the field, the play call, and everything. I'm just saying in terms of lending help to a certain side because yeah. I feel better about Jack Nelson. Well, like Cormac Samson was wearing tight end number at, at some points. Uh, I don't know if it was last year. Certainly when he was actually a tight end. In last tw- year in he 2019, was. 2019. He was. Wearing a tight end number. Right. Because yeah. that's essentially all he was going to be used for. I don't... I guess I'd be surprised if they did that. Uh, they want to they be more dynamic than that. If you have Cormac Sampson or Riley Mallman wearing a tight end number, what's coming for the most part? Probably running. Yes. So I think they want to have a little bit. They don't want to be as predictable as uh, some people suggested they were last year, uh, especially in the red zone area. Yeah, no doubt.
No doubt. All right. 608-321-1670. We've talked a little Big Ten West. We'll talk more when we come back. The most important names in the division, once that could go the furthest towards deciding it. That's coming up next. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back in. It is Kenny and Heilprin. So Big Ten West this season, I have called it the most interesting division in college football. Some may bat their eye. I can't wait. Shake their head. There there is no better way to start a season of pure, beautiful chaos without any clear 100% front runner with multiple teams with real chances. No better way to start it than sending one of the chaotic teams along with Another that is known for its consistency to Ireland. Whoever thought of that is a genius. Can we honestly say there's not a runaway favorite on this in this division after one team got 31 of 36 <laughs> possible votes? As crazy as it sounds, is anybody that covers the Wisconsin Badgers so much closely totally catches all people off guard? No one, no one actually believes that they should be that kind of favorite. But that is a runaway favorite. Uh, it is. I think it's more of the idea that there's not nobody, one in, nobody knows who else is going to win it. But like, I'm sorry when you get 31 first place votes at 36, that's considered a runaway favorite. That and if is, they don't win it. It'll be like, what the hell? You were the favorites again. You couldn't win it again. Ohio state is minus two fifteen to win the big 10. They are the runaway favorite. I guess it's how I classify it. I wouldn't go <laughs> off the votes because as we have said, I feel like if you ask every, if you ask the Wisconsin writers, they might vote for Wisconsin because it's Wisconsin, but probably aren't confident in Wisconsin going and doing it necessarily. Then if you ask writers from every other school, except Minnesota, because the Minnesota guy voted for Minnesota, uh, everybody else would be like, yeah, I don't know. Let's choose Wisconsin. It's kind of a very half-hearted favorite. In, in Vegas, I, I said it. They're plus 190. Nebraska's not far behind. Iowa's not far behind. Minnesota's not far behind. Okay. I just... Semantics. I see what you're saying. Semantics. Uh, to me, there is no runaway favorite. All right. I think Wisconsin is, but we'll see. Uh, names that will decide the division. Uh, both. It's like there's one name to me. I talked about this earlier. There's only there's one name where if I look at him and say, if you play well, your team wins the division. That's Grammerts. Yes. 100%. Yep. And there's no other name in the division I can say that about. Whether it's. Casey Thompson, Tanner Morgan, uh, any of the Iowa quarterbacks. I disagree. If one of the Iowa quarterbacks plays really, really well, that defense is good enough. Really? If they play, if they play really, really well, yes. If they have a good run game, okay, maybe I did include the caveat when I made the argument earlier <laughs> that it's impossible to point at the Iowa quarterback room and say that. Okay. So that's why I'm passing over them. All right. Apologies. Uh, I'll, I'll, st- I'll let you continue on. But even so, maybe to a lesser extent, like Iowa will be good. I guess Wisconsin plays at Iowa. So, yeah, there could be something there. Uh, Aside from the Iowa quarterbacks who are not good uh, and somehow are Spencer Petras, who's still starting. Graham Mertz is the one name in in the division, even AOC aside, I point to and say, if you play well, your team wins. To me, it's that simple. Agree? Yes. Now, I asked you before, I think earlier, if we take the quarterbacks out of it, 
just in terms of names that are important that will potentially decide the Big Ten West, what? Nothing. What? I genuinely. You forgot about that? No, I'm smiling, thinking. <laughs> I am. I am smiling, thinking about the crazy chaos that could ensue if I say a couple names. Okay. Like, there are some names at the top of my head, and then I think about the good and the bad, and how nutty this division is well you just because of what you did when we talked about the nfc north earlier today on the show i've also been on air for seven hours yeah, yeah no i know you you went away from the players completely when we talked about this uh for the nfc north and that's kind of where i want to go yeah with the big 10 west bobby ingram that was my next one bobby ingram's at the top and maybe again it's probably wisconsin related it could be mark whipple right if he wants to run the ball at nebraska it, it could be Scott, it could be kurt Schrocker up in minnesota who's coming back and and had a great offense the last time he was here ahead but, of mark whipple it i mean scott frost yes but okay in terms of for wisconsin that's yes. a huge change yep. uh we don't know how extensive the change is going to be especially in terms of how players are called and, and all that good stuff but he's got a a lot of weight on his shoulders paul christ if he's handing this over paul christ their last two years offensively, not nearly good enough. And it's why you have a whole bunch of new faces on that offensive side of the ball. There's only one guy coaching the same position. That's Alvis Witted. Everyone else is new, maybe not new to the team, but new to their position. This is, and a lot of it's being put on Bobby Ingram to introduce new ideas and turn this thing back around to the way Wisconsin needs it to be, to be able to be, competing with Ohio State for Big Ten championships because as long as Jim Leonard's here, as long as they recruit the way they have defensively, they're going to be in the, they're going to put together a really, really good defense. Their offense needs to step up. Their offense needs to pull their weight, and they haven't done it the last two years. Yeah, I think we could see a year where even if Mertz doesn't play great, where we do see an Engram difference. There might just be pointable moments where, okay, Mertz just couldn't do that, or he made a poor decision, or he made a poor play where we could see the Ingram difference, even if the team still struggles a bit, but we see what he brought, how it now looks with him there and the rest of the offense as well. So I am with you 100%. That was my first name I was going to bring up. Um, I, I want to bring up uh, off the top, the country of Ireland <laughs> will go a long way. Okay. Uh, Irish people okay. could go a long way towards deciding it given uh, is that a hostile crowd for Nebraska when they go out there? Is like- the grass longer than Ryan field? Mm. Like, what does that look like? Cause think about it. What if Nebraska gets smacked around by Northwestern in Ireland to start the year, Scott Frost gets fired before the Oklahoma game and then their season's a mess. And that changes. Cause you go down the stretch of the year, Wisconsin has to go there. Like they are on the schedule for all of the big 10 West, other contenders. And then that game, changes a lot once they fire the coach and everything falls apart. I just don't it's just not going to happen though. Just cuz they're going to wait they'll wait till October 1st. Okay, well maybe they fire him on October 1st when they have two losses. And after they lose to Indiana that day or three losses. I think that game is at Indiana. Is that at Indiana? If it's at Indiana, yeah, just don't get on the don't get on the plane home. <laughs> um, which is a pretty uh no offense to Indi- like that's a pretty sad place to be left. Bloomington? Not a, not a fan of Bloomington? No, just like in the middle. I guess being left in the middle of Illinois is worse. Well, uh, depends. If you get lost on the way to Indianapolis <laughs> uh, or put the wrong address in <laughs> and end up lost in the middle of Indiana, it's a scary place. Like, could you, I mean, you could kind of see when we were driving around there on the way to Indianapolis when you got us lost on the way there. Um, the uh, th- There's some... It's some desolate out there a little bit i mean there's there is some open spaces that you could be lost in and not come out of for quite some time 
Like there's some fields out there that you would get lost in and you would, they would not find you for quite some time. Are you done with your rant about how lost we were? Uh, no, uh, what I'm saying is in compared to Illinois, I think you could get lost both, both places, but I feel like just based on my experience of the way we were driving around, driving Indiana, through, uh, some cornfields, there may have been some cornfields out there. Municipal golf courses. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I'm not getting, I don't think anybody's getting lost on a municipal golf course. Um, <laughs> at least if it's, allows like it's not, if it's snowing, there's a possibility for it, but it like in the middle of the summer, like right now or the in fall, I think you get lost in cornfields in Indianapolis or in Indiana is probably more likely. All right. So, I mean, if Scott Frost gets fired October 1st, hey, that's what we're looking for. That's the first order of business is how can we get him home? That'd be amazing. <laughs> That, I mean, that would be amazing. I would buy him a hotel room in that little town that I brought us to instead of Indy. <laughs> there, I don't know if it would Frank, work, though. Uh, Frank, uh, Frankfurt. Yes. Would there ever have been a guy that went from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows? Like, you are coming home. You are being brought home to lead your university that you led to a national title. That You, you were, you were the, the savior. You were coming home, and you were the hockeyest guy that's ever walked through Lincoln, Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska, walking through it, cockiest guy ever. And you get left in Bloomington, Indiana to find (laughs) your way home after you get fired because you did not live up to anything that you said you were going to. That was a good find on the out clause in the contract. It's been, I mean, it's been out there. It's been reported pretty. Yeah. Oh, I just haven't followed that. Well, because he's, he's at the top of the list of, uh, hot seat, hot seat. Yeah. And so, yeah, seven and a half million. Yeah. Um, all right. Moving, moving through a little bit, other names that will go a long way towards deciding what's the word for, uh, nepotism for the family thing. Just like never stopping giving your family more chances. We call that the, uh, Kirk Ferentz rule. Well, yes, that's where I was going. <laughs> if finally Brian Ferentz isn't the one behind the offense. Cause like, I kind of joke about this. He, they told Spencer Peters last year, Instead of throwing picks, instead of making mistakes, stand in there and get sacked. And then our defense will get the ball back. Against Wisconsin, it did not work because they fumbled on the goal line and the offense didn't turn the ball back to them nearly as much as they turned it over to Wisconsin. Overall, they are so stubborn about running in the middle on first and 10 every time, even when their offensive line is poor. And they just were faced with second and long, third and long, punt. And the only way they really scored is when their defense got the ball for them, which they did a lot, and credit to them. A little bit of turnover luck there, but credit to them. There has to be some sort of change where you can not open up the Iowa offense, but find ways to do what they do more efficiently because last year was it was so painful to watch them play offense. And can that happen with that particular person in charge of the offense? My answer would be no. Yeah, I don't know how you, how do you change who you are and do it after how long you've been there. We talked to Kirk Ferentz. I like Kirk Francis as coach. I do as well. The fact that him kind of saddling his offense with his son, not ideal at this point. Not not ideal. They just they had just haven't been good enough. So there's that. Uh, anyone stand out in terms of names from? I mean, Kirk Sharaka is my big one from yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, if we go non quarterbacks, Mo Ibrahim, sure. If he's back and effective, and maybe the second best running back in the division. That does a lot, and they ran the ball well last year, but that does a lot for Morgan. They just love the RPO game. It's all like run, run, do the RPO to Dylan Wright or Chris Altman-Bell or whoever on little, the outside. Little, or, or that, and little, little slants. 
over yes. the middle. Yep. Oh, never stops. No. Uh, which and they have solid receivers with Altman Bell and I, something might have happened with Dylan Wright. I I totally forget. So uh, apologies there. And then I mean the rest. Illinois doesn't have a chance to win the Brett West. Bielma. That's that's the uh, there's one. That's the big. That's the uh, big X factor there. Non quarterback for Purdue. I don't know. I mean, I, I said it earlier. I just, I, I don't Charlie buy Jones. Purdue this year. I Charlie don't. Jones. I'll say Charlie Jones. Yeah. Dynamic playmaker, special teams. What kind of drinker is he? Brings you everything. I I don't know. You hung Listen, out with him multiple times, didn't you? I, uh, it's, it's neither here nor there. Not an important part big, of the story. Big, it's, I mean, it's the only part of the story that matters. It's the only reason why he's ever mentioned on this show. It's like the only What time. do you mean? He transferred from, who else transfers from Iowa to Purdue? It's literally uh, anybody that wants to catch a football. Anybody, anybody that wants to catch a football. Tyrone thought, Tracy did too, I think. Anybody that wants to catch a football. That's that's who transfers from Iowa to Purdue. That's a valid point. Uh, Tyrone Tracy was also at Iowa for four years and is now at Purdue. So both of them went. Well, yeah, want to catch some footballs. Yeah, so I transfer wide receivers. How about that? Uh, yeah. Those are the names. And oh, then, Keontes Lewis, transfer, transfer, wide, transfer wide receivers. That's the rest up. of the West. Uh, and then Northwestern, I mean, uh, they they might have had last year the worst offense I've ever seen. It's kind of been that way outside of one year with what's his name by the guy from Indiana that, that transferred in there. Um, you know, what I'm talking about when Thorson Clayton Thorson. No, Oh, no, I don't know. No, no, I'll think of it at the break. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. There isn't anything there where I say, you know, this name could bring Northwestern there. It, it's really those top five. That we outlined, Graham Mertz, Bobby Ingram, all that good stuff. All right, we're going to step away, take a quick break, break here. It has been Peyton a Ramsey. long day. Peyton Ramsey. Yep. Right. Reminded me of Gordon Ramsey, one okay. Hell's Kitchen chef. Yeah. Uh, very uh, notorious D-bag when it comes to that stuff. Uh, we're going to step away, take a final break. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back in. It is the final segment of Kenny and Heilprin. I will be back with Zach tomorrow from 10 to 2. The marathon continues. And then I will be back as well solo from 4 to 6 tomorrow. And then it is the weekend. And I am going to sit on my ass and do nothing. Which I am I am, I am chomping at the bit to do. No golf? Frankly. No, I'm going to go play golf. Yeah, exactly. But... That's that's, that's, that's going to be like my exercise. It's like doing nothing. I'm just, you know, uh, you, you can hear the deliriousness start to start to come out of the brain. Mm. Um, only got six hours more to go. So there has been no no conclusion on the Paul Christ phone thing. We're going to figure that out tomorrow. I'm going to make an effort. Yeah, and I'll try as well. I I'll just like DM all the people I moderately know. Be like, hey, what phone does Paul Christ <laughs> use? Because I've never seen him with a phone ever. Think mm-hmm. about it. Me neither. It's no. crazy. The only well, time that I would it's ever, not that crazy. He's the only working. time that you would ever see with him would be uh, like at Big Ten media days. Like maybe you have his phone yeah. somewhere. Like when you have a suit on or something like that. Or maybe he's at like an event. Maybe. But no. No. Nothing. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Many of the responses to my poll were directing more towards a uh, flip phone variety than an iPhone. <laughs> which Did I you mean, ever have a flip phone? 
I did. Okay. For years. Uh, I didn't get an iPhone until late, late in life. I was more on the, so I could call parents kind of, kind of deal. Um, all right. I, we kind of hit everything from, from training camp, right? There, there is the Braylon Allen pass catching thing. Um, which I, that's the forever. We did miss the training camp cliches, which I guess we could do sometime in the future. Yes. Um, next week, maybe. Yes. Cause, uh, and the running backs catching passes at the top of the list. Catching, get, being more involved in the pass game at the top of the list. Yes, I have good ones uh, because I've been saying them and thinking them, yeah. as you heard at the lead of today's show. Right. Uh, I, I, other names quickly, I, I did write down in terms of uh, to decide the Big Ten college football. Yep. Jim Knowles, Ohio State defensive coordinator. Yep. He could be the difference between a good to great, because last year's Ohio State defense was poor, no doubt. Yes. Uh, their Achilles heel, the reason they lost multiple games, as well as an inexperienced quarterback for the first half of the year. Jim Knowles could be the difference between a good Ohio State team in defense and a national title and a bad one where they lose to Michigan and lose the Big Ten again. I think it's that simple. So that's a sure. big-time name. I'll say Sean Clifford because, like, Kenny Pickett, Joe Burrow jump maybe. Uh, people have put the stats back and forth. I, I don't. He's not going to make the jump, but he has the capability to go out and light it up and bring Penn State maybe above Michigan for the year, something like that. And maybe they get Ohio State. I don't know. They've recruited, they've recruited better than Michigan. They have, the, they have better talent there, that's for sure. Yes. At and Penn then, State overall, I'm saying. Yeah. And then there is the uh, the Michigan thing where, I don't know, Cade McNamara. Or? J.J. McCarthy. J.J. McCarthy. I don't know. I'm in on Cade McNamara. I'm a J.J. McCarthy guy. Cade McNamara, overrated. Got to stick with what got you there. Overrated. All right. That's going to do it for us. It has been a long day for myself. I will be back to do it again tomorrow. I cannot wait. We will talk to you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Thanks for hanging around. See ya. Kenny and Heilprin, Thursdays from 6 to 7 and on demand at madcitysportszone.com.